Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long, we are talking about Mindful May. And part of that is because you know how important mindfulness and meditation is to me, but also because mindfulness sets us up to really pay attention to our mental health and well-being. And that's something that obviously you know that is important to me. And in the business world, it is so critical. We often overlook how our mental uh, state can affect our professional state and vice versa. And so all month long, my experts are helping us tackle this from a variety of, of standpoints. Now, our, my guest today is going to be, um, I think, help us really dive into some things that may have reached many of you. And uh, and it's it's important to just recognize the, the challenges we have. So Larry Duchin is, uh, he's an author, an entrepreneur. He says he's also a devoted husband and father, and I'm not surprised at all. He's also the survivor of harrowing childhood sexual abuse. And that meant that he has traveled a long journey of emotional and spiritual healing. And I love the fact that he says it as healing. And through that, he developed an in-depth understanding about how our beliefs create our reality. You know, I talk about that a lot, mind over matter. Now, in the business world, he's worked for or been associated with enterprises from small startups to multinational companies. He's the co-founder of HUSO, H-U-S-O, Sound Therapy, and delivers powerful healing benefits to individuals and professionals worldwide, which I can't wait to ask him about because you all know that I'm so deeply into um, uh, medi uh, hypnosis meditation, so I'm imagining there's some things that, that play into that. In everything that he does... He strives to serve a higher good. And his new book is called A Book on Fear, Feeling Safe in a Challenging World. So joining me today is Larry Duchin. Thank you so much for joining me, Larry. Thank you for having me on, Michael. You have quite an impressive background, but also a quite of a, an impressive emotional journey throughout your life. And uh, so I'm assuming that that drives a lot of what you do. But, you know, I just hit some of the highlights from your bio. Tell us a little bit more in your own words about you, what you do for our living and how you help people to shock their potential. Well, you know, as you mentioned in the bio, I do several things, but let's talk about the book, uh, because I think that's really a key, uh, a key thing that can help people. And so I, because of my experience and having come through sexual abuse by my mother, which happened during puberty, never, never a good time to have him. And certainly that was, that was also mm. a bad time to have it came out of that experience with a lot of fear, a lot of anger, guilt, shame. And so, you know, I had to go through a long healing process related to that. And as part of that, I really learned a lot of uh, tools in terms of understanding fear, dealing with it, and being able to, you know, be able to release it. And so the book uh, goes into a wide variety of tools, perspectives, 
that enables us to see where our fear is coming from, understand how fear is so detrimental to us, and to basically have, you know, uh, tools to release it. Wow. Um, obviously background really tough. And, and although I know there's people listening that may have had experiences that can be of that traumatic nature, I think what you're also reminding us all is that we all deal with fear in a lot of different ways of our lives. And when, um, when we don't deal with it, uh, we can't release it because it becomes something that sticks with us. So when you are, you know, you're the kind of the emphasis behind your book, I'm assuming is about helping people recognizing that in themselves and sometimes maybe not realizing how much they're holding on to it and how that's holding them back. You know, w the problem with fear is that most people don't recognize the extent of their fear. And so and they use all kinds of strategies to suppress it, deny it, you know, uh, run from it, whatever it is. And so the first step in solving any problem is to recognize what the problem is and then to uh, attack it. And so we have to try and figure out what our fears are because there's certain fears that we hold individually. Each of us hold different fears. And then there's collective fears we all hold. You know, for instance, like most people hold a fear of death and what's mm -hmm. going to happen at death. Or a lot of people are obviously holding a fear right now of getting sick in the pandemic or, you know, mm -hmm. other factors. So we have to be able, we have to shine the light of, awareness on our fears before we can start to try and heal them. Well, and I know too, this last year has taken other people's, you know, taken many people's fears, magnified them even more because of the pandemic, not only fears of getting sick or dying from that, but also just from the sense of isolation and not being able to reach out to people. And, you know, when you you know, what have, what have you seen or what have you heard from the people that you interact with in terms of trying to navigate not only their fear and, and emotional um, history, but try and navigate that through an incredibly complex time. You know, I always talk about holding a bunch of perspectives and realities at the same time. So I, I think it's important for people to, for us to, to have compassion and to meet people where they're at. And, and sometimes that's in, you know, an immense fear state, but also to help them see who they are in a much higher level, basically, that we're divine beings and that, you know, there's a much larger perspective going on that we are evolving and we're being pushed to grow. And this is, you know, part of the growth uh, doesn't discount by any means where somebody may have lost their job, you know, and is, and is just really struggling or doesn't discount where somebody is lonely. So we need to kind of hold both perspectives. We need to meet, meet people where they're at, but help them to understand from a larger way how they can begin to see th their experiences and to kind of rise above them. So in your book, tell me a little bit about, you know, the, the message in the book. Well, the message in the book, it so the book deals with uh, some broad perspectives. It deals with uh, several chapters on science, basically quantum physics. It's got, uh, it's got information on philosophy. It's got information on a lot of psychology in there. It's got a lot of spirituality in there because we have to hold this, this whole perspective of all of these, these ways to be able to see, oh, okay, I've been, I've not understood this. You know, I've, I've only understood this, but I've not understood this. So I'm trying to bring in a lot of different perspectives for people to see how their fear, let's talk about psychology, how their fears were formed, you know, 
where where their fears are coming from like what is the conditioning that created those specific beliefs to them so that could be childhood conditioning it could be societal conditioning it could be workplace conditioning obviously for a lot of people uh you know most most of us hold childhood conditioning and that creates a lot of false beliefs in us and then that leads to fear but if we start to you know one of the first step that i recommend is that we become uh, you know, uh, people like uh, some pretty wise people like Socrates and Jesus and other people said, know thyself. So when they said, know thyself, they're saying, know why you do the things you do, what the fears you have, what are your, you know, and so what I recommend is, is look and see what your emotional reactions and triggers are in certain experiences. And so those will be a pointer to your false beliefs. Carl mm-hmm. Jung, who is the, um, who's the father of analytical psychology said that projection is a very common phenomenon. So we are usually not angry for the reasons we think usually behind anger is fear, guilt, um, you know, sadness. And so we're often uh, projecting our, uh, we're projecting like when we blame somebody else, we're projecting our guilt onto them. When we're judging Mm -hmm. somebody else, we're projecting our own self judgment. If we can Mm -hmm. begin to, pull those projections back in and recognize the beliefs that are supporting them, you know, oh, like I have a lot of self-judgment, um, then we can see the conditioning that created that self-judgment. And then we can, once you're shining the light of awareness on it, then you're, you're well on your way to healing it. That's really, um, it's, it's such great advice just to, you know, I talk about it just in the business world when I'm working with leaders and sales professionals constantly that, that ability to reflect and self-reflect, um, you know, is so important to becoming a better professional, but it's absolutely important in becoming a better person in our own skins, in our own heads, (laughs) not just becoming a better person. It's less judgmental, but a person who is less judgmental of themselves, especially as you're talking about that being the real core is often we're reflecting back onto others. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's nothing separate. So, you know, you're going to be, if you are uh, less judgmental of yourself and more compassionate, you're going to be a much more effective business leader. Uh, you're going to make much more, uh, much more uh, effective decisions in terms of how you deal with people. You're not going to be dealing with them from your own dysfunction, from your own anger. You're going to be able to actually get proper, what I call God guidance, divine guidance, universal guidance in terms of what is the best decision for me in this case, what's the best decision for my team? What's the best decision for the organization? You know, that basically goes outside of the ego and looks at it from a holistic perspective of what's best for the whole. Mm-hmm. You brought back a lot of my uh, college uh, uh, philosophy courses because I, <laughs> I had the great fortune of taking, uh, I was in a, uh, a integrated studies program in college. So my first two years, we started, all of our classes were together. We started ancient civilizations of, you know, Egypt and Mesopotamia, and we came through 20th century. And so we had all of our classes looked at everything the same. So a philosophy class next to history class. So you're looking at Socrates as the philosopher, but Socrates is a part of history. And you're absolutely right. I kept thinking about, you know, Socrates was so, his teachings were so wise because the the force was look within yourself. Most of your answers are already there. If you're thinking you're all that, you're probably not. (laughs) 
know? Right. <laughs> he would have, he'd be Oprah today in a different way. I, you know, I mean, there's, it's that just that. Show. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> he'd have a great show. He'd have his own network. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, you know, that, well, that that's, moment. that's why Jesus said, that's why Jesus said the kingdom is within us. Because basically yeah. that's where all the answers lie. That is where, that's where you want to turn for your answers. That's, that's where the diamond is within. But we have such, we, we have, each of us has such false beliefs that cover up that recognition. You know, when you, when you get rid of the false, then what's true is remains. And that's what you see within yourself. And then you also see that within others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And it makes me wonder sometimes, you know, that, you know, some, that how many things are formed from us in childhood that weren't born out of trauma, but still have, um, you know, these, that, that we've taught, taught ourselves the wrong stories about things, you know, about what we're fearful of, or, or, you know, what's good or bad, just because of maybe even one moment in time that might not have been traumatic, but it was impactful. And it's hard to get some of that kind of cleared out. It's not like just opening the refrigerator and taking it out and washing the whole thing and putting the stuff back in, right? <laughs> but it is like opening the refrigerator and finding uh, uh, something molded. In. <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, so o- overt trauma is not, um, I mean, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I had a great childhood or whatever. It's not about, a lot of times it's not about overt trauma, like sexual abuse, like I went through. Mm-hmm. It can be as simple as, is as somebody knowing that okay their parents basically you know you were only good if you were quiet or you you know mm-hmm. you had to do this particular thing to get get their approval i mean there's a lot of ways that we get conditioned yeah. um and so and our parents did the best job they could but they were often traumatized or they carried on you know the fears and prejudices and judgments from their parents and so it's all been passed down and we just have to open up and recognize what was particular, what was done to us, you know, in particular, and then say, okay, that, that was what I experienced, but that's not my identity. That's not who I am. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, it, it just reminded me of something I said to my son who's 30 and, you know, has two children. And I said something to him the other day and I was like, oh, I just sounded like exactly like my mother <laughs> and I love my mother. I absolutely, I mean, obviously I clearly love my mother, but she, uh, she would say things like, I know you don't think I'm very smart or know what I'm talking about. And I said the exact same thing to my son and I went, Oh boy, there's something back there. <laughs> well, we each have our own baggage, right? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> well, Larry, For we're going to sure. take a quick, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back. Top Dog Learning Group, LLC, is a leadership, change management, and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants, throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5M 
LS6 and enter the code RESIL50OFF in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. So I'm talking again with Larry Duchin, and we are talking about um, a lot of different factors I think that we all should be thinking about, but definitely about his book, which is called A Book on Fear, Feeling Safe in a Challenging World. And, you know, Larry, what, um, what prompted you to write this book? Well, as I said in the, uh, in the, the forward of the book, I don't think that anybody chooses to be an expert on fear. They might choose to be an expert on brain surgery or pilot mm-hmm. or something like that. But, you know, as, as life circumstances dictate, uh, I became an expert on fear. And so the universe, I got, like in August of 2019, I got this large download of material. I didn't know what it was supposed to be, two books, book on service, book on business, what it was. And then I realized in January of 2020, like, oh, this is supposed to be a book on fear. Or, you know, it may be supposed to be two books, but it's supposed to be a book on fear. And like, who else better to, or, to write this and me because I've experienced all this fear. So it was kind of what I say, the universe uh, gave me a major inspiration and it was something that I'm supposed to do. So, and, you know, I do this because uh, I want to be of service. I really find much joy in being of service to others. Um, And this is the way that I can give back. And and so I hope that the book, I I mean, I've heard from a bunch of people that the book has, has been very helpful for them. And I'm very grateful for that. I think we're in a great time of the world where I know we have a long ways to go, but we have so many more people now that are more willing to talk about mental health, uh, you know, depression, um, anxiety, fear. I I feel like we're at a point where it's not so, um, uh, you know, shouldn't be swept under the rug that we can really actually start to feel like we can embrace all these parts of us that we have. And I know from various things that I've done, uh, posts that I've made or videos that I've done um, that have been talking about mental health or not, you know, not feeling uh, like you're as good as the other person or just, you know, seasonal depressions, those different things. And I've talked a lot about my my history with depression as well. Um, And I think that we're in a great spot with that. But I imagine that there's people listening right now who are saying, you know, I, I know that I have fear, but I've never faced it before, or I've never figured out how, how to do that. What, what would you say to somebody that's right at that point and they're listening right now and think, maybe not even just, you know, this book might be a great resource for me, but, you know, how would you, how would you help them to embrace the journey of, of discovering and uncovering and dealing with their fear? Well, I really feel like the journey of introspection is the greatest journey that we can take. And there's, I've got like over a hundred amazing quotes in the book. And there's, there's a quote from one of the theologians or philosophers, I can't remember, but exactly about that, maybe St. Augustine. But the, the thing that I would say to people is, unfortunately, sometimes it comes down to, and it's like an addict who basically hits rock bottom and says, I just can't do this anymore. And so we have to recognize that our fear <clears throat> causes a lot of dysfunction. Our fear and false beliefs cause a lot of dysfunction in our lives, in our relationships. They rob us of joy. The more in fear, the less we can be in gratitude and the less we can be in joy and, and love and compassion. 
And so they're robbing you of a whole lot and you just have to say, I don't want this anymore. And I want to take the steps to change that. And then once you decide to change that and start to take the steps, the universe will heavily assist you in so many ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you, I know I read it some part in your bio too. It's kind of, you know, wherever you look, that's what you see. So when we're in the moments where we're stuck in fear or we're stuck in those uh, moments where we don't feel good or it doesn't feel right, then that's what we see. And sometimes you have to change your perspective in order to start to see the other things that will, you know, that they all of a sudden look like they, they're there out of the blue, but they were probably all the way around you. You just weren't capable of receiving them at that time. Yeah, for sure. Some of the later chapters, like I've got a chapter on gratitude, a chapter on compassion, a chapter on forgiveness. And those are very important tools for helping us to come out of the fear. We have to combine that with the awareness of our false beliefs, watching our emotions and reactions. We have to combine it with practices of staying in the of practices that keep us mindful in the moment because fear exists only in the past or the future. And for most people, the future, they're, they're in a tremendous amount of fear now about what could possibly happen in the future, and they think negative consequences. And that has a downward cycle loop that just keeps you in the more fear. So, you know, we definitely want to do practices. For instance, for me, like being in nature is very uh, grounding and puts me mm-hmm. very much in the moment, but certainly practices like yoga or meditation or painting or dance or whatever it is. So we're looking to be to do practices that put us in uh, in the moment and in our bodies because all of these negative beliefs uh, are stored cellularly and it's just they're just energy that's in our body and we have to do these practices to help release those beliefs. Very good. Well, I know we're getting near um, out of time, but I would like to have you just touch a little bit on the sound therapy that you that you do. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Huso Sound Therapy uh, is my I'm a co-founder of the company. My uh, co-founder is creator of the technology, and it's a patented patented technology. It's very unique compared to anything out there, both in terms of makeup and results. It consists of solely human sound that was toned by long-term indigenous uh, in long-term healer sound healers in indigenous traditions. So I think like Native American, Tibetan, Hawaiian. This was done in a studio, broken into its individual frequencies, and then enhanced with harmonics of each of those bass frequencies, still all human sound to create an oscillating waveform that basically restores uh, our natural cell singing at an electromagnetic level because we are electromagnetic beings. And so we have a lot of environmental pollution like uh, in, uh, cell phone you know, wireless technology that's distorted all that. So we deliver that through headphones and also through pads. It's a very non-invasive, but powerful solution that it's helping tr- people tremendously with sleep, stress, nervous mm-hmm. system conditions like that. Well, yeah. And we also know that, you know, fear and the buildup of fear and all those other emotions do impact sleep. And then when you don't sleep well, your body can't keep repairing itself. So it's not as prepared to fight off the, uh, you know, not only the negative thoughts um, and the other fear behaviors, but also your immune system. So uh, things really can exactly. have a cascading effect. Exactly. And so we want to, you know, we want people to come out of that kind of that rut that they're in, in terms of negative thinking, because it's affecting everything, as you said, from their mental health, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, and try and come up and, and 
you know, just come into a different perspective of everything. And, and I know that, I mean, this can be done. This is not like, this is actually how we're set up. This is in our DNA that we're able to do this. And we just need to take the steps to proceed towards that goal. I love it. Larry, thank you. I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now because they're fascinated by your book and or your uh, sound technology or uh, your therapy, um, what is the best way for them to reach you? So my website is lawrenceduchin.com, but you can go to a book on fear.com and it will forward over. And then you can, like the book is available through all the online re- retailers, both as an ebook and as a paperback. And so you can, like, you can click off of my website to the Amazon link to buy it. Um, and i um, love to hear from people. So if they want to contact me through the website, that's great. Excellent. And before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? The only thing I would say is, you know, life is uh, pretty hard sometimes. Life is amazing and it's holy and it's also pretty hard sometimes. And we all know that. And so the biggest thing that for people is to have self-compassion on themselves as they go through their life and as they go through their process of healing. Self-compassion is probably just one of the most important things you can do for yourself. I agree. Larry, thank you so much for sharing not only your message, but your, um, your, your beliefs and your history with us. It's been very, very, uh, just very intriguing, but also absolutely gives me hope that we continue to have options for all of us to get today. So it's been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.